Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Are you nervous about the economy, your investments, is inflation causing you a great deal of concern, and of course the list goes on. How do you manage your investments in this rather rocky environment? Well, we're going to talk to Joe Hemsley, who's the president of Forward Together Wealth Planning. Joe, welcome to Of Consuming Interest. Shirley, thank you for having me once again. Yeah, this is a very interesting time that we're living in. And um, you had just recently put out some pointers on how people can cope with it, some different strategies to think about, some things that were maybe not commonly considered, but uh, very interesting proposals that you put out, Joe. We're going to go through those. But first, let me just ask you, is the the recent the announcement actually just, uh, I guess, yesterday and today or this past week that OPEC is cutting oil production by two billion, uh, two million barrels a day? Is that going to have a significant impact on the things that we're going to talk about today? Uh, well, to a degree. Um you know, it reinforces the idea, surely, that um, folks should have well-diversified portfolios that include commodities such as energy. And it, you know, it, it hedges against some of the geopolitical risks that occur. So it will affect some of the things we'll talk about today. Okay, so you can bring that in when it's appropriate, but I think it was a blow to the Biden administration that OPEC cut um, this, although in some corners that I read, well, this was not such a negative thing after all. And some of the countries have been underproducing anyway. So I guess it's going to remain to be seen what impact it has, especially here at the pump. Um, But at any rate, so let's talk about some of the things that you suggest that consumers consider moving forward, how to protect themselves and how to to meet some of the uh, environmental issue. Not I don't mean environment, environment. I mean the investment environment. Um, issues. And and one of the things that you talked about is um, investing in stock and bond positioning towards the United States. What did you mean by that? I gather you're talking about stuff that's in the U.S., not abroad. The, the, um, the current um, you know, interest rate increases that we're living through and going around the world are causing a strengthening of the US dollar relative to other currencies. And so that's rendering some other places more vulnerable than they would be with a less strong dollar. So the ideas there were to be careful as somebody manages their own resources or gets help in so doing to, to make sure to acknowledge this extreme increase in the dollar. And one way to do that is to really keep a little more in the U.S. of your financial assets, stocks, bonds, um, than you might otherwise. And that's been the trend. It's been pushing up companies in the U.S. selling to U.S. customers. And in some terms, that sounds like that's a good thing for U.S. investors. 
it's it's certainly you know there's many other things going on right now that are affecting all the equity markets but all of the things being equal it's helping us investors versus others i mean when your own currency is strong in the end that's better than if it's weak and ours has been certainly very strong well you you talk about um within the stocks to focus on the investment quality, I guess, making income for you is, can you explain how that strategy is that different from what people have been doing? In a way it is. We've seen most money being allocated for the last many years and the reward around it towards companies whose prospects were bright well into the future, growth companies. What's happening now is a revisiting of the value of good old dividends, you know, current, current value, current profit, current earnings. So there's a big shift going on in that regard. Uh, these shifts tend to, once they've occurred, last for many years. So we went through a period of, of dividend paying companies doing better and then growthy tech companies doing better and then back and back. And now we seem to be swinging back into a, a value is better, value is less volatile uh, period. Now, it, it hasn't fully happened yet. There's all, a lot of other factors there and somebody should have both if they own equities. But definitely it's, it's a pattern that's, that's coming to the fore now. So it's companies that are performing now with dividends for their investors and companies with future performance and, and um, growth potential. So the choices there are consumers are moving back to the the dividend companies. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, it is. The, okay. we're, seeing it, we're seeing pretty strong evidence that that's the case. And not just consumers, but also institutions as well. And, uh, that's all you mean like retirement income uh, retirement uh, pension funds, funds. yeah pension, pension funds, funds yeah. and endowments yeah. and so forth are, are have been moving a lot back towards uh have, seeking higher immediate yield or more dividend paying companies companies in in industries that are more established mm -hmm. the you know the the winners are more established sure uh, i guess people want some stability and feeling of comfort right now i think it's a rather uncomfortable time and inflation is certainly hitting us very hard um so i can understand how that could be a change in thinking um in general for consumers excuse me another um another point that you made and and uh, what you wrote joe was don't discount the value of diversification now I I I think I understand what that means, but could you tell us, walk us through what that implies for consumers? So, it's a constant debate whether it's better to place fewer investments into higher conviction places or spread things out, which increases the chances that some of the things you own may not do that well. And what's happening now, though, is the economy is shifting from high growth, low inflation to who knows what, you know. It, and so we've got the potential for low growth, high inflation, low growth, low inflation, high growth, high inflation. So it's important to diversify into those economic scenarios. Um, so 
not every one investment does well in sort of all the four main economic scenarios, um, but uh, you know most will do well in at least one of those scenarios. And it, and as you know, there's a lot of jokes, of course, about economists never agreeing. And this is why it's important. It's difficult. This is why it's important to have assets that will do well in each of those scenarios. So that's the type of diversification to which I'm referring. So we're really looking at something that perhaps many people haven't even considered for their portfolios before. And, and that is how important right now the strategy of diversification really is. There's so many people that we run across that were really reliant on the big growth household name technology and information oriented U.S. based companies. Uh, and we know uh, from repeat, repeatedly in history that when companies look like they're infallible, they're not. And, you know, money flows elsewhere and it typically flows to the things that are least in favor. Um, but also the backdrop is changing. So it, it just points towards um, being current with your decision making and looking ahead instead of looking backwards. Okay. Because the, the landscape has changed. It's totally different when interest rates are higher and moving higher yeah. than it is when they're low and staying low. Let's let's take a, a break here, Joe, to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. My guest is Joe Hemsley. He's the president of Forward Together Wealth Planning. And we're talking about some of the strategies to use in what is a rather uncertain climate um, in our investment world today. And um, the stock market, what do you invest in? How do you diversify stocks, bonds, planning for the investments, keeping them to the U.S.? Some of the things that we've talked about. And we were just talking about diversification. And Joe, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I, before we went to the commercial, uh, well, um, not particularly surely just okay. that. All right. Th- yeah. Well, let's look, move on where you talk about for, about the issue of us feeling unstable. We feel like we're on rocky ground or we see in the ships hitting some red waves and, and you suggest that for stability to look to high quality bonds, um, for law and becoming more attractive, they're becoming more attractive long term. Define that for us, Joe, and tell it what it means for the uh, the ordinary investor. So this has been the worst bond market year, arguably ever, which is a profound statement thus far. But it's the nature of investing that when something's done very poorly you revisit at some, at what point does it increase in its value going forward? Um, and so the point there is we will get to a point um, where the, the, the uh, increased likelihood that somebody would want to avoid owning different types of higher quality bonds will reverse. And it's important to not get in the habit of thinking there'll never be abuse again. So higher quality, we're talking about, we start with U.S. uh, government bonds. Uh, We think in terms of uh, very strong companies and the debt they issue and the strongest states and municipalities and the debt that they issue. 
And they've all been affected broadly by a rise in interest rates, which has been counterproductive for them. But now that rates have risen to a degree, it starts to become something to look at as we go forward and rates move higher, that those types of instruments will once again start serving a diversification purpose. Thus far this year, we've had tremendous positive correlation between stocks and bonds with both going down. Really, that's really difficult. But at some point, that'll break off and they'll start behaving a little differently again. So what you're really looking at is past trends, what have happened, what has happened, and what you believe will be uh, happening in the future in terms of looking at this, the quality, high quality bonds. So, well, that makes sense. I mean, it goes up and down, doesn't it? <laughs> but let's let's talk about that, as a matter of fact, because one of the things that you talk about is alternative strategies, and 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 here. I'm a little bit less clear on what your message is, Joe, because it's it's some of the things that I don't really understand. And here you're putting, um, when you consider alternative strategies, part of that is making sure that you have a manager who can, in effect, roll with a ship when it rolls, that they can roll, um, that they've got good sea legs. Would that be a fair, would that be a fair uh, uh appraisal of what you mean when you say consider an alternative strategies. Right. So, yeah, what we're thinking about there, um, when the when the markets are rocky, um, it's not just buy and hold and let things grow, you know, grow in value. It's also consider other approaches, ways to actually profit if certain asset classes fall in value. Or, or, or using techniques where you identify instruments that are likely to go up and others that are similar but might likely to be go down. And you, you can uh, hedge by owning both. And if you uh, get the specific instruments uh, analysis correct, you can actually uh, profit even though the markets um, are not moving straight up. So different, te- different alternative techniques and also different alternative asset types are, um, I'll give you an example. There's something called managed futures. Um, that's basically pools of funds that bet in the, on the directions of things like interest rates, currencies, commodities. Managed future funds generally have not done very well until very recently. And uh, they tend not to do well when interest rates are very, very low. Uh, But now that interest rates have percolated higher, they're showing uh, pretty strong uh, signs of life. So whereas before somebody might be justified in kind of leaving that, leaving that off on the, on the cutting room floor, the editing room floor, leaving it out of the show, um, it would be worth reconsidering something like that in a truly diversified portfolio. Now that's just one example. I don't mean to, overly emphasize that one example but but alternatives yeah yeah these require i would think a great deal of skill on your investment manager as well as flexibility on your part to be able to um move from area to area would would that be a fair appraisal that's a very fair appraisal um it it's yeah it's not it's something that has to be done properly and correctly 
and scaled correctly. You know, it's still a piece, a, a piece of the total. It's a part, a part of your strategy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so things that aren't just directly correlated to the broad brush economic scenarios we were discussing before, but can move, you know, move favorably independent of whatever the scenarios are. Get, okay. you know, more flexibility. Let's just um, take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest. My guest is Joe Hemsley. He is the president of Forward Together Wealth Planning, and we're talking about some of the strategies that can make your life a little bit more comfortable and perhaps even earn some more money. And that, of course, is what we're we're really hoping for. And one of the, you put out a paper recently, Joe, is this available to consumers? Can they find it online? Uh, so, Shirley, I think um, it's really um, relating back to my website, which is, um, uh, Amer- if I may, Ameriprise, it's, w- it's Meriprise.com and then forward slash Joseph Hemsley. Okay. So that would be probably the easiest way to get to some of the information. Well, it's very interesting. And I, I learned a lot just by reading about it because I, some of these things are really foreign to me. Um, and, and I should reveal to our listeners that Joe does our financial planning. So no, I guess I should disclose that. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I'm, I'm learning some things here, Joe. It's very, very, very interesting. Now, let's let's talk about there's some things that you talk about that I have no idea what you mean by them. When you talk about using downdrafts, what does that mean? Uh, well, so it, there, there, are, there, there are funds that are formulaic where when uh, the equity markets fall, you systematically buy more equities and sell off other assets. So that's, that's one main approach to systematically buy low. And there are different entities that have used that technique for years. Okay. Um, So, so as the more, as, as the equity markets head lower and there's a bit of a downdraft there, um, you 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 specifically choose to sell other assets or systematically sell other assets and buy those buy, buy more equities. So you're you're looking at what the market's doing and making strategies and moves comparably. Then you also talk about dollar cost average. Tell me what that means because I I really and truly am not very up to date on these terms. So the the first technique we were just discussing relates to existing resources and how to systematically adjust them. Dollar cost averaging relates to introducing new resources into a portfolio. So as, as resources become available, um, you, just, you just systematically buy a certain dollar amount um, or share amount, uh, but it do so in a way that if the markets are moving lower, you're buying that much more. If markets are moving higher, you're buying a little bit less. So that again, you're 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 placing your larger bets when things are cheaper. So uh, probably a poor analogy, but analogy nevertheless is if somebody's counting cards in blackjack, um, and you know that there's a lot of face cards still available in the deck, 
you would place larger bets on your hand. And if you know there's fewer face cards available, um, you'd be more careful. Well, if stocks are becoming uh, cheaper and cheaper, you know that eventually they'll recover. So you, you place larger and larger bets as they, uh, as they, as they fall in value. Uh, but you do it in a systematic, disciplined way. And obviously in the context of your overall financial plan, I should make sure to say. Yeah, your your big picture, what, what, what you are looking forward to. And uh, now when someone comes into you, a new person, let's say a new investor, how do you how do you start them out? You of course you want to know what kind of assets they have. You talk about risk, uh, what the risks are, what they can afford to risk, um, and and where else should people be looking? Maybe people are listening to us and saying, okay, I want to do some of these things. Well, one of the things you and I have talked about over the years, Joe, is how important it is you get to somebody who is a certified financial planner, for one thing. Sure. Um, what other advice would you give them? in terms of doing, taking some real proactive steps to improve their future and to perhaps make some changes in what they're doing right now? You know, it always starts with being clear with yourself about what you're trying to accomplish. And as simple as that sounds, I find it's the biggest stumbling block. Even when folks get to the point where they seek help from others, they can't always clearly articulate what they're trying to accomplish. So, you know, whether you're getting help from somebody else or thinking about these things on your own or with your partner, um, that's step one. And so, you know, what, what would be examples? Well, you know, simple things like if you're still working, being pretty clear about you know, when would you like to consider no longer working or working in the way that you do at that time? Um, how would you want to alter your lifestyle, if at all, over time? Um, are there loved ones that you think that you might need to support or help or want to at some point? So it's really starting with the simple, what am I trying to do? And then the second part of that is, what resources do I currently have and what resources am I likely to have to help to, to accomplish those things? Um, and, you know, it's, it's challenging because life is full of twists and turns. So, you don't, it's not etched in stone, whatever those, you know, those objectives are. We know they'll adjust, but we want the resources aligned with them moving in the, in the right direction. So, for Was example, it, yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, if, so if you know your transit, if, if you're if you're um, going to be wrapping up your career in the next few years, and that's a real objective, a real goal, um, after you've you know done the work to determine that that's a viable goal, now you need the mechanics behind it to set it up and make sure it works. So what do I mean by that? Literally aligning your resources so that they're the the the, uh, the spending that you'll need to do, the withdrawals you'll need to take in the first few years are matched up with assets that are pretty reliable. And then as you move later on into your retirement years, th- there you can match up assets for those timeframes that, that are maybe fluctuating more, but with the potential for greater reward. So all the financial stuff needs to follow the life stuff, those decisions, those desires. And that's, as you say, that can be very hard for people to do, to really sit down and make a plan. 
But I think that's a, you've outlined for us steps that consumers can take, some of the things they can do to uh, uh, strengthen and solidify their position in the market and so on, Joe. Thank you. As usual, it's been a very uh, interesting and, and uh, educational opportunity for me and certainly I hope for our listeners. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest. My guest is Joe Hemsley. He's the president on Forward Together Wealth Planning. He's given us some great information. And Joe, thank you so much for being with us again. We really you, appreciate Shirley. it. Thank and you. I'm Shirley Rooker. You can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. And we thank you for joining us. I hope you've gotten some better handle on your financial picture. Thank you. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.